Today on The Girl Defined Show, I have the exclusive honor and privilege of being one of the first people to sit down virtually with my sister, Alyssa, and hear her entire story of how she and her husband recently fled the country of Ukraine when Russia invaded and what that entire process and journey looked like, Um, the scary parts of it, the unknowns, um, how my sister was nine months pregnant. She shares about that and how she was fleeing her country and eventually landing in Hungary in Budapest and trying to find a new hospital to give birth and what the future looks like for them. But throughout it all, you're going to hear a testimony of God's faithfulness and how his strength sustained her and her husband throughout this entire crazy process. So stick with us. You may also notice um, the sound may change, and that's because we had to record this interview in two pieces, two parts, two separate days, um, because her sweet little baby Amelia was just not having it with us after the first portion of the interview. So we had to push pause, pick up the next day, and you may hear here in the background, some screams from Amelia. She's fine. She's with her daddy. Um, he's trying to console her while we wrap up our interview. So please give us grace for that and just for the sound quality. But I really hope, and I, I know you're going to walk away from this conversation feeling so encouraged as you see our God sustain a couple as they walk through a crazy, crazy time. <laughs> Hey, Sisterhood, it is Kristen here, and I have been looking forward to this conversation for so long, and I know a lot of you have too because you have asked us regularly how our sister Alyssa is doing. Um, you know, how is she doing? A lot of you know our sister married a Ukrainian, moved to Ukraine last year, and just recently had her baby. But in the midst of all of the every all the craziness that's been going on the past month with Russia invading, um, a lot of you have followed her story closely and have just been so encouraged by her faith in the Lord in the midst of such like crazy circumstances. Like who knew this was going to happen? So I am so excited to welcome Alyssa um, to the Girl Defined show, to this video, to chat about what has been going on, how she's doing, and how her faith in God has really been an anchor for her in the midst of so much craziness. Hey, sister. (laughs) Hi. Thank you for having me. And I'll just give a disclaimer now. I've got a babe in my arms and... So if you see me rocking back and forth, that's why. <laughs> oh, you can rock all you need. And Alyssa was telling me before we started recording, she's like, okay, I can't guarantee there might not be screams from the baby. I'm like, it's okay. Everybody loves Amelia. We love your baby. And we don't mind hearing our scream. It's fine. <laughs> she wants to participate in the conversation. <laughs> yes. Well, it's so good to see your face and to see little Amelia. With this know. Obviously, this moment that looks so peaceful and calm mm-hmm. has not been the reality of your life yes, lately. It's true. But before we jump into just you literally escaping Ukraine, mm-hmm. fleeing for your life, trying to get to safety, I mean, that whole story is insane. Take us right. back a little bit before that, because people who may not know your story in detail might be wondering, okay, how did this girl from Texas, <laughs> which is where you grew up, how did this girl from Texas end up in Ukraine right outside of the capital, Kiev? Like, how did you even end up there in the first place? Yes. Yeah. I feel like this whole... It's just been such a journey the past, I don't know what, year and a half, maybe. So I lived in South Texas, like she said, and just normal girl going to church, uh, you know, getting older, single, hoping to meet a godly guy at some point. And I, the Lord brought this amazing godly man from Ukraine to my church in Texas, and we met and started a long distance relationship. And then eventually you know, through COVID and all the craziness. Eventually we got married in 2021 
And I moved to Ukraine, um, maybe like 20 days after we got married. And you know, I've lived in Texas my entire life. And so that was just the first crazy thing that happened was moving to another country and experiencing new culture along with, you know, being freshly married on top of it all. (laughs) That's a lot of change. It was a lot of change, but obviously so worth it because he's an awesome guy and I loved him and I loved his ministry and what he was doing. So a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. And you've been trying to learn a new language on top of it all. I was trying. Was that a surprise for you? I know people ask us about that too. Like, how is she doing with like learning a new language when you got to Ukraine? And we had, I Mm -hmm. actually, it was so sweet. I actually got to go to Ukraine for the trip that you got engaged on that trip. uh So that was like, that was really sweet. How long before, how many months before that from when you got married was that trip to Ukraine? Um, I think four months. Oh, it was fast. I didn't realize. Yeah, it was quick. We just wanted to get married. I know. <laughs> We've been apart long enough. <laughs> yeah. So we went to Ukraine with you guys. There was like a small group of us. And then mm-hmm. you, obviously, Andre, he lives right outside of Kiev, the capital. But right. you drove over. We all drove over to Lviv, which is a beautiful mm-hmm. city in Ukraine. And you got engaged there. Yeah. Which was super it was sweet. so, like, so magical in a way, you know, because it's such a European feeling city. And we got married or we got engaged, like, in a... I don't even know what, like town square. Yes. And it just felt like, I don't know, something from a Disney movie. It was so, so magical. It's it such was a great job. And we were all hiding and Andrew was like, do yes. not be visible when I propose. And so, but we wanted to watch. So we were all like trying to like stay away from the town square, but hoping we'd accidentally maybe be like, around a we're corner. Just, we're just a townsperson. <laughs> yes. Just, just the local townspeople. Just right, strolling. Something I did find interesting when I was there though, visiting that first trip with you was mm-hmm. how few people actually spoke English. Yeah. Like you kind of yeah. like, I, you know, we've both been to other European cities mm-hmm. and a lot of cities, especially big cities, a lot of people can speak English, but yeah. I I was surprised by how few people could actually speak English, which I know you now moving there, um, moving there when you first moved there, that was like, what kind of challenge was that for you? Yeah, that, that was a big challenge. Um, very like there are people that speak English, but not a lot. Um, and so just figuring out like, okay, what are the basic words I need to know to get around? Like, okay, at the grocery store, like, do you want a bag or no bag? Like, okay, I need to know what that means because every yes. time it's awkward and they're asking me, like, I don't know. So learning the basic, basic words, basic phrases. And then, I mean, like in our community, people just kind of knew like, okay, she's she's the English speaker and we'll just do the best we can with her. <laughs> this weird one <laughs> from America. Uh, but yeah, that was, it's challenging because it does feel isolating in a way, especially mm you know, I'm very relational. I like to talk to people, um, build new friendships and feeling like, wow, I, I can't be kind of who I really am. Like you feel like you can't, you know, be your true personality when you can't communicate with people. Yeah, that's So true. trying to find like, okay, creative ways to get around that and Google translate <laughs> helps oh, a yes. lot to be able to communicate with people. I know that from when we adopted our boys from Ukraine, yes. we had the reverse problem, right? Now they're the Ukrainian speaking boys in yeah. America. They're the ones that can't understand the main language, and Google Translate was key in helping it's all of us. It's a lifesaver. <laughs> but it's not the same. It's not the same as like being right. able to talk to people. So I remember having conversations with you early on, and that was a big challenge because mm-hmm. it was hard to just build deep relationships. Like you yeah. want to have, you can't even have a deep spiritual conversation with someone if you can't speak mm-hmm. the same language, mm-hmm. much less like basic things. So yeah. I remember there, yes. like for you, was that a lonely time? Like, how did you, mm-hmm. even like your trust in God, like it's a beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful transition, but 
Like, how did your mm-hmm. relationship with God yeah. feel like even grew during that time when you couldn't have a lot of in-person yes. relationships in that Yeah. Way? Oh, for sure. Yes. And I remember we definitely had some FaceTime calls about this, especially in the beginning. You know, I'm newly married. I come from this big family, you know, in Texas and this huge community. I was super involved in my church, my young adults group, small group, all the things. And then to move to this new country. And obviously, I'm so happy to be with my husband and so excited about that. But, you know, you need more than your husband in life. You need Mm -hmm. friendships and you need community. And so that was hard feeling like, wow, I'm new here and not only the new person in town, but I can't communicate with people on a deep level like I would love to, you know, have, you know, deep conversations about how people are doing and spiritual conversations. It just wasn't a possibility. And so I remember feeling very lonely at times, like, wow, I'm I'm so excited to be with my husband, but I really miss my family and I miss my friends. And I feel, you know, strange not being able to communicate with people and feeling like Everyone is kind of always like, oh, feeling sorry for you because you can't talk to them and you just feel so different. And so, yeah, talking talking to you honestly helped a lot. Having someone that you can kind of share your concerns with and your fears and your loneliness, that helped a ton. And then just taking it to the Lord, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he wasn't surprised. He 100% led me to this marriage, led yeah. me to this country. And so just taking those fears and the, those concerns to him and just like, Lord, I, you are my friend in this time. Like you are my father in this time and help me to find creative ways that I can connect mm-hmm. with people, even if it's, you know, something small or something where I feel like, oh, this is so random. I don't want to do this, but yes. just even small ways. And I feel like God definitely did grow me and sustained me through that time and was probably preparing me for I know. Even more that I didn't know about. <laughs> wow. Looking back now, and we'll get to that story in a minute, just thinking of those early challenges, just, yeah. I'm sure in some ways they seem so minor compared to mm-hmm. like the challenges that were to come. Right. But God really was preparing you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Set the scene for people who have never been to Ukraine and they don't know what maybe a Ukrainian city or like what the culture would feel like. Yeah. What did that feel like for you? One, church life um, and mm-hmm. then culture and then also where you lived. Like describe kind of your home right. life house um, when you were in Ukraine, obviously right now. Mm-hmm. For those listening, we're having this conversation and Alyssa is not currently in Ukraine. As we right. speak, you are in Hungary. Yes. That's a in whole a other story. place. Yeah. Yeah. But take us back yes. to Ukraine and what that was like for you early on, just church mm-hmm. life, culture, and then where you lived. Like yeah, house. for sure. For sure. So um, it just, it's not so different as you would expect. Once you, once you start getting to know people, it's like, okay, people are people no matter where you live, you know? Yeah. Um, but things that were different, like we lived in a small village outside of Kiev. So Kiev was pretty close, but still small village and small village in Ukraine means really horrible roads. It's like oh, one no. of the big things to know about Ukraine is the roads are really bad. Um, it's like, oh, no. I don't know. Imagine some dirt country road, but way, way worse than that with massive potholes that you're like trying to avoid when you're driving. So that was the reality of our road right outside our home. Um, But yeah, small village. um, We would take the metro to go downtown. So take the train, which was really fun, or take a bus to get places, which was different from, you know, living in a big city in Texas where you just drive your car everywhere. Yeah. Um, and our church was really sweet. We went to a small church that was connected to the Christian Academy that my husband was working with and really sweet community of believers. Um, but yeah, small church 
And, um, you know, most people don't speak English. There were some. And so I did have a few people that I could talk to, which was really nice. But the entire service was in Ukrainian. All the songs were in Ukrainian. Um, but they would sing a lot of like Hillsong and in Ukrainian. And so I would like pull up the lyrics in English on my phone and just like sing really quiet. (laughs) So not to be so awkward. Wow. But everyone, everyone understood. Like yeah. every tribe, nation, and tongue praising the Lord. You had that kind of going yes. in your own little moment there with the various languages. <laughs> yes. But people were super welcoming, super accepting, um, you know, because it's mm. hard for them to, like, they they probably want to reach out and make me feel welcome, but it's hard. Yeah. Um, so the women were so welcoming, so accepting, um, even if they didn't speak English, you know, they would just smile or try the best they could. We would both yes. try the best we could with the languages we knew. Um, and my husband would translate for me during the service. So, you know, that's the additional challenge for him. Like, okay, wow. here we go. So yeah, yeah, that was church. That was our home. Um, Kiev is a big city, beautiful, big city, very old, lots of beautiful old architecture, mm-hmm. um, a lot of young people. So like a lot of fun coffee shops and restaurants and, you know, people riding scooters, just kind of typical, typical big city. Yeah. Yeah. I think some people who hear your story um, probably wonder, like, okay, was it worth it to marry this Ukrainian man and, like, change <laughs> right. your entire life, move all the way over there to a culture that's new, people mm-hmm. that can't understand you because you don't speak the right. same language, like, you left everything behind, everything mm-hmm. you know. You were born and raised in San Antonio, your your family, your church, like, community, right. everything that's normal to you. Yeah. So this guy, Andre, must be a pretty special guy, is what people <laughs> are probably thinking. Right. So tell us, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was worth it. I mean, right. I'll let you answer that, but what was so special about about him that yeah. just obviously the Lord brought you together. He orchestrated mm-hmm. this story. But from your perspective, like, right. tell us about Andre. Yeah. Oh, how s- so sweet. <laughs> I wish he were here to listen. <laughs> like, I'll uh, show him the recording later. Yes, okay. yes, all the good things I say. Well, I think, you know, I am a Christian. That's no surprise to anyone. So my faith is the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I thought about getting married, I thought about, I want a man that's passionate about the Lord. I want to live my life serving him. And if I can't be married to a guy that has that same vision, then I'll, I'm better off just being single and serving the Lord as I am. And so I was really waiting for that man, that man that I saw was passionate about the Lord. And something that I always really wanted was somebody that was really passionate about the gospel and sharing the gospel and discipleship and, you know, involved in ministry and just had that heart for the Lord. Um, and I had met great, great guys along the way, but none that really, you know, gets yeah. you super excited. <laughs> so when I met him, I just felt like, wow, this is a man who is on fire for the Lord. He is, he, so he played professional football, soccer, and that's what he was doing. He was coaching and doing ministry, incorporating the gospel into his practices. He was doing, you know, international discipleship and trainings and so many things that I just thought, wow. Yeah. Like he's so on fire and he's so excited and there's just such a passion. His life has clearly been changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, wow, like that's something I could get on board with. That's something I could really get excited about. And also I was super attracted to him. Like yes. he was so good looking. Like this Let's be honest. <laughs> Forty athlete, like okay, it's hard to find the full package, <laughs> and so I'm willing Amen. to move. I'm willing mm-hmm, to move mm-hmm. for that, <laughs> right? Yes, and mm-hmm. I I remember talking with you early on, and like you're like 
it's my mission and my purpose as a Christian, it doesn't change. Like it's mm-hmm. the same. And so yes. marrying a man and moving, yeah, there's there are some sacrifices. There are things that obviously yeah. change that you're giving up, but you're also sure. gaining, but your mission as a Christian is the same. Mm-hmm. And you and Andre mm-hmm. both to this day right. have such a gospel-centered mission of like mm-hmm. outreach and ministering and loving people and sharing the gospel with them that whether you live in Texas or mm-hmm. in Ukraine mm-hmm. or now in Hungary and you're not sure what the yeah. future holds, it's like your mission still remains the same and that's right. just like totally. such a beautiful right and biblical motivation mm-hmm. and that's to me when looking on at your story I was like wow she's willing to move wherever the Lord wants her to move mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she has the heart like the mission and that's what drives her mm-hmm. so I know that was yeah. really encouraging to me and I know a lot of people that were looking on mm-hmm. okay so we have a little bit of the setting we have a little bit about Andre, where you <laughs> lived what life was looking like um, Amelia wasn't on the scene yet we didn't know that much <laughs> Um, but tell us about some of those early months. Um, so you were in Ukraine for in like living in your house in Ukraine Mm -hmm. for how many months before the Russian invasion actually took place? How long was that time? Was it like a year? Um, yeah, good question. So we got married January, 2021, and then I moved there and then we, so we celebrated one year anniversary in January and then February, 24th we had to flee so okay yeah basically i don't know basically yeah. a year of living there it was basically about a year and you found mm-hmm. out you were pregnant with amelia um mm-hmm. was that about three months into your marriage four months yeah it was pretty soon yeah maybe about four or five months into okay. our marriage we found out and we were we were so excited we wanted kids and neither yeah. of us are spring chickens. So we were ready to start trying. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. And now, now you're holding her for people who are listening and not watching. Um, you can go check out this on YouTube to see Alyssa holding baby Amelia. We see, see the her little, little hand. hand. <laughs> yes. Like the little hand resting on you. That's so and We're sweet. hoping she just doesn't scream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's doing amazing. I'm so impressed. Okay. So <laughs> tell us what life was like during those months when like you, life was pretty normal, but there were rumblings about mm-hmm, Russia. Mm-hmm, like you had yeah. heard some things. People were talking. Obviously, it wasn't mm-hmm. like a non-conversation. But what was just oh, like sure. everyday life for you? Yeah, prior. for sure, for sure. Yeah. So um, even before I moved, I knew that there had always been some sort of like conflict between mm-hmm. um, Ukraine and Russia. But it didn't seem like anything at the moment was super serious. Like, okay, there's been, for sure, there's been conflict in the past, but things seem pretty settled right now. Um, And as time went on while living there, it became more apparent that um, Russia had some ideas about invading Ukraine, but we didn't know how serious it was because, you know, there's been this threat for probably as long as Ukraine's been around, you know? And so you just, you can't live your life in fear. You can't constantly be fleeing your home, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is where you live. This is your house. So just because there's a threat doesn't mean you're going to flee your home. Right. Um, And so they were building up their army around our border, but we didn't know like, okay, is this just just a show of power and they're trying to intimidate us or is this something more serious? So that was a big conversation as time progressed um yeah of like okay should should we stay should we leave we weren't really seriously considering leaving because like okay well you know it doesn't seem serious yet but you know talking to our community and hearing what other people were doing and just like okay kind of that conversation was on the table like okay if things got serious kind of what would our game plan be 
What would that look like? And so at some point, probably as it got closer to February, um, I decided I wanted to pack like a go bag, like an emergency bag, because I was like, you never know Mm -hmm. what might happen. And I'd rather just be prepared. And so, you know, I I don't even remember what I packed, like blankets and matches and things that later on were not Mm. helpful at all. Oh, no. Like, I needed more socks and underwear, not matches. But anyway, yeah, so just being kind of being prepared. So we had emergency bag. We we had some plans in place, but we never seriously thought we would need to leave. Yeah. And it had been happening, like you're saying, for so many years. Obviously, they were placing more and more troops on the border. So people were getting concerned. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, especially in the West, looking on, Mm -hmm. it's easy to have opinions, right? And there were all sorts of opinions I heard flying around here in Texas, just even on the internet. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. people need to do this. And then it's like, it's easy to have all the strong opinions and like say they should have done this. But we were living there and there has been this kind of constant tension between Russia Mm -hmm. and Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And it is your home, like you're living right. in your house. Like imagine anyone yeah. listening or watching, you're in your house. Like this is where your livelihood is, your work, your food, your clothes, everything. You can't mm-hmm. just every mm-hmm. other week pick up and leave. Where are you going to go? You're going right. to pay for an Airbnb. You're going to try to find a friend somewhere to stay with. Like mm-hmm. what if you have like animals and your work? How do you work? Yeah. How do you make money? Like I just think people have opinions, totally. but they're not as informed. And you being someone mm-hmm. who is living mm-hmm. in it, you face that reality every day of like, right. okay, we can't just pick up and leave everything behind right. for like long yeah. periods of time. Like that's just sure. not reality for everyday no. living. So mm-hmm. you guys were having conversations, but at right. the same time, you didn't feel like you were threatened mm-hmm. in those moments. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you you chose to stay along with pretty yeah. much everyone else in your community, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, nobody, nobody in our community was leaving. And we were we were talking to everybody, getting wisdom, getting all the advice, and nobody was leaving. And the other thing is we were in Kiev. You know, we're in the capital of yeah. this country. Like, when has a capital in this day and age ever just been directly attacked? You know, like, that's just unheard of. It's like Washington, D.C., like, being attacked. Like, yeah. you would never think, like, oh, maybe there's skirmishes other places, but not your capital. Right. So we felt like, okay, we feel very safe mm-hmm. in the center capital of Ukraine. We weren't, we just didn't feel concerned at that point. Yeah. And I know even talking to Andre, because you guys came back during that time for a visit mm-hmm. to the States. I remember yeah. having conversations like, oh, like, how do you guys feel about this? And what are you thinking about that? And mm-hmm. I remember Andre was saying, you know, our concern isn't so much for Kiev, but right. it is for more the Eastern and Southern yeah. portions of Ukraine. I think there right. was kind of, it sounded like a consensus amongst a lot of Ukrainians that mm-hmm. w- if Russia invaded, it wouldn't necessarily be yeah. a full on invasion, right. but maybe more of the Southeastern regions of Ukraine. Yeah, so exactly. even that was also something to be considered where you lived, mm-hmm. you were feeling like, right. okay, this is probably the the last place that we need yeah. to be concerned oh, about. Oh, for sure. Yes, okay. absolutely. The other piece of this story, which is just like God's timing on things, sometimes we go, what? Is that you were pregnant. And <laughs> as it's getting closer to Amelia's due date, yeah. little did you guys know that that was actually getting closer to when Russia was going mm-hmm. to launch mm-hmm. a full-on invasion of yes. Ukraine. So walk us through yeah. kind of maybe a, a few weeks before that. You're you're probably about mm-hmm. eight months pregnant at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And what were you thinking? What were you guys doing? What did life look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I was super pregnant um, and preparing to have our baby, you know? Yeah. So we were going to our appointments in downtown Kiev, meeting with our doctor, planning for our birth. Um, we were setting up our nursery and we had bought her little bed and all of her little things. Um, our friends uh, 
did a little baby shower for us while we were there. The women from the church did a little baby shower for me. So for me, it's just, I was living my life as I had always lived it. Mm -hmm. And, um, my husband was doing ministry and doing soccer and, you know, we were just, just living our normal lives. And we knew as, as it got closer. So we knew that there were more action started to happen in the East, um, Southeast. And so that was like, okay, now we're a little bit on a little bit more high alert, but still Mm. like we're in Kiev and nothing is going to happen here. So we just planned, planned on staying and giving birth, but little did we know that wasn't uh, God's plan for us. Yeah. And I remember you were telling us, even the hospitals were saying, you know, even if Russia yeah. invades, like we will still be functioning. Yes. We will be here for you. No need to worry. You can yeah. have your baby. I mean, weren't they yeah. giving you reassurances? Yeah. Our doctor, like, oh, it's just politics. Don't worry about it. There's no problem. The hospital, even if something happened, the hospital will all, you know, will continue to work. And so we're thinking like, well, I mean, it's our doctor is saying right? this. So probably this is sound advice. Yeah, exactly. And that's so like people looking on detached from the real everyday life. Like that was how a lot of people were thinking and feeling about it, the political perspective. And, you know, it's not like we're not, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine was kind of like the vibe. So yeah, I think a lot of people were a little bit caught off guard by what happened. So take us forward a little bit to the moment when you first realized that Russia was actually launching a full on invasion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like the key word is like full on attack. We, like we said, no idea, no idea that that was going to happen. Um, I mean, we saw that we saw the troops and we understood that, but we just thought like this, this is the, you know, we're living in a modern day and age, like another country doesn't just do a full on attack of another country. Like that's crazy. So, um, it was the morning of February 24th. And, um, we, you know, the night before we went to bed like normal and that next morning I woke up at like 5am and noticed that my husband wasn't in bed next to me, which is odd. We don't normally wake up that early. Um, and so I'm laying there like, Oh, maybe he just went to the bathroom, but he wasn't coming back. And so I was thinking like, that's strange. What's going on. And then I, I heard like a really loud noise and I thought like, okay, what was that? Like, that's really strange. But we, we live next to a, um, like a place where there are like some construction trucks. And so I thought like, okay, maybe that was them. But my heart's like starting to pound and I'm thinking like, this is scary. Like what's going on? And then as I'm laying there, I hear another really loud, like clear explosion bomb going off somewhere. Wow. And, you know, I had seen like some sort of streak a fire or something going passing my window. And I was just terrified, like so terrified. I mean, just to be honest, you know, like we as Christians, it's like, Oh, we've the the strong faith. It's like, I was so terrified. I had no idea what was going on and it was just so scary. So here I am, you know, um, like almost nine months pregnant, hearing this huge explosion near my home. I run downstairs and I'm like, oh, you know, asking my husband, like, what's going on? And I hear like more explosions. And it's like just the most terrifying thing you can imagine. Yes. You know, it's just so scary. I felt so sick. I thought I was going to throw up. Um, and so Did I'm you asking, know what's at that going moment? On? Oh, yeah. You're, you're asking him. Okay. Yeah. But I knew because like, you know, this had been the talk for 
however long. Right. Um, but, and so I knew, I knew like, oh my goodness, how is this happening in, in Kiev? You know, this is unbelievable. And so I'm asking him like, what's happening? And he was like, you know, watching the news and, um, he let me know, like they have launched a full attack on all of Ukraine. And so they had strategically, I guess it was drones or something. I don't know. They had sent bombs to all of the major cities around Ukraine, which is terrifying, you know? Um, and so he's watching the news and we're trying to figure out what to do. And so I'm like grabbing the emergency bag, like, okay, I'm getting out of here. I'm so scared. This is terrifying. Like, are there going to be troops at my door? You know, like, will the, are are we going to be like shot? Like what's going to happen? You don't know. And it's dark and it's scary. So he's like, okay, why don't you go get your emergency bag? And like, why don't you go pack some more things and like try and be calm. And so he calls his parents who are in in another city and, um, like, hey, y'all should come to us because this is probably safer than where you are because they were on the east. So he told them to, you know, like, get a train here as fast as you can. Um, and so I'm packing the bag. He's calling them. But we were still waiting, you know, to try and figure out, like, okay, what actually is happening? Um, we didn't want to just, like, rush out the door without right. full information. So he was, you know, talking to people, calling people, watching the news as the morning went on, trying to figure out, like, okay, what's actually happening in our city, in our country. So you're trying to get information. And Andre, who was he getting information from? How was he finding out? Was he watching the news? Like, how did he know mm-hmm. what was happening? Yeah. So he's watching the news. He's calling other people, talking to other people. Um, and I guess they they were saying, yeah, it's, it's this kind of attack on all of the major cities. And which is terrifying. It's just yes. so, so terrifying to think like, wow, your capital city is under attack and you don't know what, you don't know what's going right. to happen. You literally it's so scary. You have no idea. Are you going to leave your house? Are there going to be like military tanks rolling down the streets right. outside of your yeah. village? Like, will we even make it out alive? Like at this point right. in time, yeah, it's like you're safe now, but in that moment, you really mm-hmm. had no idea if mm-hmm. you were even going to make it out alive or what the journey, yeah. the process was going to look like. So right. you guys exactly. did end up leaving, but you didn't go together. Right. Yeah. So his uh, mom decided she was going to come to us. She was coming from the East. She was going to take a train. His dad decided to stay at their, stay with their apartment and she would come to us. And so, um, I, I was just so scared Mm -hmm. to be honest. I was very terrified. You know, I'm pregnant. I'm thinking like, I, I'm terrified here. Like, this is so, so scary for me. Um, and you know, my husband is much more calm and like, okay, let's think this through. Let's figure out what's going on before we just rush off. Um, and so it's kind of all happening at the same time. He's, he's thinking like, okay, we need to wait until, you know, my mom gets here so that we can at least make sure she gets to us and then we can kind of regroup from there. Um, but she wasn't going to get there until that evening. And I'm thinking like, I'm, I just can't stay here. I'm just so scared. Um, and so but he was like, okay, let's just wait. Let's just see what's going to happen. Wait till my mom gets here. Um, and so at, at some moment during that morning, one of my friends called me who lived in my neighborhood. So like my neighbor slash friend, and she called me and said, Hey, I'm leaving with my kids and my husband and we're taking two cars and we're going to Western Ukraine. We have an extra seat, but like, you have to come now. Like, wow, I'm going to be driving by your house in the next minute and either jump in or don't. So like you can, you can decide. 
And so I'm talking to Andrew, like, what do you think? What should, you know, should I go? Should I not? And he just 100% left it up to me. Like if you would feel safer going with them right now to the West, then 100% go. I'll wait for mom. And so I grabbed my emergency bag that I had packed and I grabbed my hospital bags and I literally just jumped in her car and we just took off, started driving as quickly as we could to Western Ukraine. And in the car, it was the mom, your Uh friend who's Ukrainian, but speaks really good English. Yeah. And Uh was it her three daughters? Yes. So we had two cars, her husband and their three daughters and me. And we are just booking it. But, you know, so many people, obviously, were also wanting to leave at that exact same moment. So there was tons of traffic. The gas stations were, you know, you couldn't even go. There were such huge lines. They were running out of gas. Um, And then they were putting up military checkpoints as well. And so you had to go through those. And it's just scary because you're, you're driving through these other cities that have also been attacked. And you don't know, like, okay, when, are we going to run into something? Is there maybe some attack they don't know about and we're going to run into it? So it was scary. You know, we're yeah. praying the whole way. Like, wow, this is scary. We don't know. We don't know what's going to mm. what's gonna happen. I cannot imagine. That is so terrifying. So, Andre, so now here you are, basically nine months pregnant. I mean, you were just shy of nine months. Yeah. Andre stays home to help his right. mom get to safety to get her settled, and he's planning to meet up with you at some point. But you're mm-hmm. heading, you're heading off to Western Ukraine. Like you yeah. don't even know exactly where you're going. Right. Um, so this drive, I mean, how long were you in the car, and where were you guys headed? Did they, did they even know at that point where they were trying to go? Yeah. So they were hoping to go to. I think the original plan was to go to Lviv. Um, that was one city at the time that hadn't been attacked. Um, so that was the plan. So it, but it just ended up being just, just a wild, crazy yeah. ride. So we tried going to one place. Then we tried crossing, decided, okay, let's cross the border. So then we decided we were going to try and cross the border, but that didn't work because the lines were not moving and they were miles and miles and miles of cars. And, and was so that then, trying to cross the border into Poland? Was that the yeah, first attempt? Poland. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then we're like, okay, that's not going to work. And so then we're like, okay, let's drive south into the mountains and we'll go into the mountains and we'll stay there. And so it just was wild. So from the time we left that morning until the next day in the morning, oh, wow. we finally got to these people's house that we were going to stay with. And I think I was in the car for like 19 hours so pregnant. Oh my God. You know, it just was so crazy. And I know that a hundred percent God gave me the energy mm-hmm. and the strength because that's really hard to yes. be that pregnant sitting in a car for that long wow. with few bathroom breaks and like high levels of stress. Um, and like not a lot of food cause you got to keep driving. And so I just know like, wow, there's no way I could have done that unless the Lord was strengthening me supernaturally. Cause it's just crazy. It's, yeah, it's like, I do not wish that upon anyone. You no. were, we were following your story throughout this process, obviously mm-hmm. trying to co- communicate with you, pray for you, like as much as we could. And I just cannot even imagine. And you're separated from your husband. Yeah. So on top of all of it, you you don't even know like, okay, is he okay? Is he going to be right. okay? How are we yeah. going to reunite? So how, yes. what did that look like for you and Andre to actually get back mm-hmm. together? Yeah. So it's so crazy. So I was in the mountains, like I, like I said. Um, and he waited for his mom to get to her home. She stayed with our dog. Um, and he started driving to come meet me so we could be together wherever, you know, we, we ended up. Um, so he started driving 
And I, I remember people texting us asking about the gas, like, how do y'all have enough gas? Like, you keep driving places, but how? And, you know, I don't know. I feel like maybe it was a small miracle from the Lord that we never ran out of gas. Um, but we were able to have, like, fuel the entire time, which was crazy. And we did have extra gas. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like yeah. the Lord just sustained, sustained us in that. It's like he so multiplied your portions, you know. Yes, exactly. Um, so... I, like I was saying, I was super worried because I didn't know as the day and the hours were progressing, if things were going to get more dangerous on the roads. Mm. Um, cause you just don't know it's, there's so much uncertainty when things are unfolding that quickly. So I was just praying like crazy that God would protect him and that we would be able to get together. Cause I was super worried. Like here I am so pregnant and I don't want my husband getting captured or yes. shot or something. Um, did y'all have, um, really quick, did y'all have phone communication, like texting and calling during this time or not so much? Yes. Yeah, we did. But I think my phone was like dying the whole time or it died at some point or something, you know, everything, it always happens that way. Like, of course you don't remember to bring a charger and you don't have one. Um, but yeah, we were able to, we were able to communicate. So he started driving, but it's super far. The mountains from where we, from where we live to the mountains, it's a super far drive. So he started driving. He was able to stop um, at a friend's house and get a little bit of rest there. Mm. And then he headed my way. And finally, we were able to meet up in a really small village at like a friend of a friend's grandmother's house. And just the whole, that whole story is just crazy. The connection we had with this family. And then we were able to, you know, find safe shelter in this tiny village at this grandmother's house. Um, And it was just so amazing to finally be back together. You know, you have all that like worry and just fear, hoping everything's going to be okay. And then to finally be reunited was just so, so special. How did you first see him when you reunited? Because it had been a couple days, right? By this point? Yes. A couple days, not a lot of sleep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so he, I, I, the friends dropped me off at this sweet grandma's house. And they had different plans. So they were like, okay, we'll, we'll drop you off there. We've got our own plan. So they left. Um, and then I guess later that night, he, or yeah, later that night, he ended up coming. And it was just so special. Like, oh, my husband, you're alive. And God protected you on yes. this long journey to me. So it was so special to be back together. And oh. just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm so thankful for these sweet grandmothers. They just took us in. They didn't even know us. Complete strangers. They took us in, they fed us, they took care of us like we were their own children. It was just so precious. Wow. And were you guys still in the mountains at this point? I can't remember. Or were you in a different region? Yes. We were, yeah, kind of in that same region, a really, really safe area. Okay. And then Mm -hmm. the next part of the journey begins. So you reunite, but you know it's still not safe. Like Mm -hmm. you're starting to realize, right? Like, anywhere Mm -hmm. in Ukraine isn't really that safe as you're hearing the news and reports of continued bombings around all of Ukraine. And so what were you guys thinking Mm -hmm. now as a couple? Like what kind of conversations Mm -hmm. did you have? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was hard. Um, So I felt very strongly that I wanted to leave, which makes sense because I'm not from Ukraine, technically, you know, I'm not Ukrainian. And um, I wanted to be in a place that I felt really safe. Um, and obviously Audrey being Ukrainian didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay and, 
you know, be with his people and his country, but he also wanted to make sure I was really safe and our baby was really safe. That's like his first priority, obviously. Yes, because at this point, you could have your baby any day. Like you were far enough along. You were how far out from your due date at this point in time? Oh, man. I think I was mid 38 weeks. Wow. Yeah. So at any point. Yeah, at any day. Yeah, any moment. You don't know wow. if like, the stress is going to push you into labor. Yeah, no kidding. Which is, huh. So, yeah, he, like, both of us, our first thought was, like, okay, we need to make sure our baby's safe. It was just, if it was just us, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But now we've got this child, and I need to be in a safe place. It's not great for labor if you're feeling super stressed and unsafe. So we had to have some hard conversations and figure out, like, okay, what what do we want to do? What can we do? What are our options? Um, and so, of course, these sweet grandmas were like, you can stay with us and you can give birth here in this little village. Aww. But you don't know how things are going to progress and yeah. you don't want to be in labor or delivering in a place that could be, you know, getting bombed or whatever. Mm. So we made kind of the hard decision to leave Ukraine, which was difficult for both of us because this is this is our home, you know, this is everything we've, you know, built in our marriage, like our whole married life. We live together in Ukraine and we have our house and our dog and his parents. Um, and his parents had decided they did not want to leave kind of no matter what. So they were for sure staying. So they were like, we'll stay with your house and your dog. And so we're like, okay, well, I guess that's taken care of. Wow. Um, and so we made the hard decision to leave and pretty much just packed our bags and started driving that night. And, and packing your bags, decision. packing your bags means like the few things that you were able yes, to grab the on the way that out. We had. Yes. Was Andre Our able to bring anything bag. else? Yeah. Was he able to bring anything else for you since he came a little bit after you or? Yes. Did you still yeah, have like thankfully. the one pair yeah, of underwear? Thankfully. No, I know. Right. Read <laughs> inside out. <laughs> no. Yeah. So we didn't communicate about that though. I just, I, I don't know, maybe had told him like, I have nothing. Yeah. So he was super sweet and brought me a bunch of stuff, but I hadn't communicated with him what I wanted. So he brought me what he thought I needed, which is always just so, so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, he did bring me extra essentials because the things I had in our go bag were not helpful at all. Like so buckweed funny. and matches and, you know, head flashlights. Like <laughs> this is not what I need in this moment, but I would be prepared if I were stranded on the side of the road. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Better so than having anyway, nothing. We grab our bags. We head in, you know, we put a, put our bags in the car and we start heading out. And, you know, it was a really hard moment because... The friend that we were staying with, Mm -hmm. she felt really strongly about us not leaving. And so that was just super, it was already a really hard decision for us to leave. And then with this sweet friend, um, you know, started crying and just felt very strong about us not going. She felt like it wasn't going to be safe and I was pregnant. And so I just remember as we were driving away, I just started crying because I'm, Mm. you know, it was just such a hard moment of like, I don't know what to do. And I feel so torn, but I feel like this is the right decision. Um, So we kind of got through that first moment and we, we head out and it's just, I don't know, it's just scary driving in that circumstances. Everyone's got their lights off in their homes. It's super dark everywhere. There's not a lot of people on the road. Obviously there's no planes flying. It's just, (gasps) I don't know, kind of eerie feeling. Wow. And so we start heading towards the border Um, And we've got to go through some mountainous regions and a lot of military checkpoints. 
mm-hmm. which is just, I don't know, just a scary experience. And so we drive all so wait, the night. So wait, quick question. Yeah. Were these Russian military checkpoints or Ukrainian checkpoints? These are Ukrainian, Ukrainian checkpoints. Ukrainian checkpoints. And yeah. what were they? Yeah. Were they checkpoints that were quickly set up because of the invasion or were yes. these just normal checkpoints you always have to go through? No, no. So they'd just be like in the middle of the road, you know, like in the middle of a highway or a road. Wow. They would have all these barricades and all of these, you know, military people with guns and they would need to check your passports and ask where you're going and what you're doing, which makes sense because they want to make sure that there aren't, you know, I don't know, enemy people traveling back and forth. But it's just scary, you know, the whole feeling is like, wow, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Wow. Um, Yeah. So we head out on the road and... We're driving all through the night, all through the next morning. And then, you know, just so many miracles, the way God worked, um, the way he provided for us and led us and brought people into our life at just the exact right moment to help us, you know, with things we weren't certain about crossing the border and where to stay and what to do and how to do it. He just, I don't know, we just feel like he brought us his angels and guided us exactly where he wanted us. Um, and so that next day by God's miracle, we were able to cross the border and get into safety. Um, but you know, I just, it was really, really hard. And even as we were crossing the border and I'm sitting there, sitting there in the car, I just remember really just crying and feeling so just broken in that moment. Like not, not like my heart was breaking, like I'm leaving this country that I love and, you know, everything that we had prepared for our baby in our home, our little nursery and, you know, all the little things that you had prepared so thoughtfully for her and you just have to leave it all behind. And it's, it's so hard. It's such a hard decision to make. Mm. And you just, you don't know, like, am I making the right decision? Am I not? But it's, in those moments, it's like you can only do the best that you can mm-hmm. with the knowledge that you have, and you just have to trust that, okay, we're we're making the wisest decision we can, and we're following God's leading as best we can, yeah. but you can still be doing all of that with, like, uncertainty and fear. For sure. So For sure. It was really, really tough, but finally getting to a place of safety was huge, was huge wow. for us. So tell me about that moment right after you crossed the border from Ukraine into Hungary. I remember you told when you shared your story for the first time with our family, you had some big kind of unexpected emotions that you were feeling. What were you feeling? Yeah, it was such a feeling of like, I'm leaving everything mm-hmm. behind. And that was so hard because like I said, it was a really hard decision. Yeah. It We were so torn to know what to do. And just knowing like, I am leaving all of this, my mm-hmm. home, my, my in-laws, our puppy, you know, so many things that just like all yes. those little things and the big things and not knowing like, mm-hmm. when, when will I ever come back to this? And now I'm, my baby won't be born mm-hmm. in Ukraine, which was something, you know, obviously we were really excited about. She's half wow. Ukrainian. So for her to have that heritage and now to know None of that's going to be happening. All of our plans, all of our, you know, the things we were dreaming about that is going to look completely Mm -hmm. different. And now we're in this, you know, foreign country that we don't know anything about. Um, But at the same time, there was this piece of knowing, okay, this is the best decision 
that we had to make yeah. for our family. Yeah. So it was just so tough on all, uh, on all angles. I cannot even imagine. And there's also the uncertainty of will we ever be able to go back? What right. is our country? What is the country we know and our house, our city, our village? Right. Like as we know it, what what yeah. is going to be left? Like there's so much uncertainty of the exactly. future and will we ever yeah. go back? Like will life ever be the same as we've mm-hmm. known it? So mm-hmm. you guys cross the border into Hungary and you mm-hmm. head to Budapest. Um, yes. Right. And that is kind of became your landing spot. You're still there. Right. So what has yeah. life looked like? Well, well, tell us about the birth really quick. That's a crazy yeah. thing. I know any woman <laughs> who's had a baby is probably thinking, talk about your birth plan being thrown upside yeah. down. Like, oh, yeah, you had research, you had visited, oh, hot, yes. you were ready in Ukraine and talk yeah. about like you're about to have a baby and you don't even know. Yeah. Now you're in a new country. You don't speak Hungarian. Neither does Andre. Right. It's a new language right. to deal with, new hospitals, yeah. new healthcare system. Like how in the world did you find a place? to have your baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did that look yeah. like? Yes. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. It's a, it's a, immediately you have so many decisions you have to make Yes, and you have so little time because the baby could come at any point. Um, so we got settled in, into Budapest and then immediately started researching, looking into hospitals, looking into, you know, options and midwives and doctors <sighs> and everything. But it is overwhelming and kind of our dream birth Um, we really wanted to have a natural birth and it was interesting because the, um, the C-section rate actually in Hungary is really, really high. And that's, that's wonderful if you, if you want that or you need that for an emergency or whatever, but if that's not what you want and you Mm. want to go a natural route, it was really difficult and kind of scary too, as we're visiting these hospitals and they're sharing with us like, oh, our C-section rate is 90%. And we're thinking like, oh, man, that doesn't leave us a lot of options or like a lot of chances to have the natural birth we want. So that alone was really tough. So just like, oh, man, going from hospital to hospital, talking to all the doctors. Um, But then finally, you know, people were so, so sweet. I just got to say people on social media were so kind um, to give us Hey, I'm from Budapest. Here's some advice on hospitals or doctors. I used this midwife and I really had a great experience. So that was super helpful. So somebody mentioned a hospital and said, Hey, I gave birth at this hospital and it was a really wonderful natural experience. And so we ended up visiting and just fell in love with it. We found a wonderful midwife that spoke English and she was super supportive. And the craziest thing, um, so we talked to the doctors and we were actually the first Ukrainian Ukrainian refugees mm-hmm. that were coming to this hospital after this whole war situation. And so they were so kind and said that they wanted to give us this entire experience Aww. for free. Oh my so goodness. Kind, like kind of as refugee status. Um, so that was just like That's another amazing. blessing, another miracle. Yes. Just one more thing we didn't have to worry about, which was such a humongous blessing. So, wow. yeah, we found the hospital we wanted. We found the midwife we wanted. And honestly, I feel like God just blessed us so much with a really easy labor, wow. really easy delivery. I mean, as easy as birth can be. <laughs> um, but relatively speaking, you know, um, for all the stress that I had and all that I went through, I feel like it could have, my body could have done so many different things. No but it was super fast, super easy, no problems with baby, no problems oh. with me. Massive blessing. Um, just, I didn't know for her too, like, was she going to have some sort of problem because of all the stress? But yes, super healthy baby. 
Wow. Um, and just wonderful, awesome experience overall. So huge, thankful. Huge answer yeah. to prayer. Such an unknown. Huge. So you guys are still in Budapest and mm-hmm. things in Ukraine are still very uncertain. Yes. Although there has been some change for the positive, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. some for the negative. It's kind of yeah. like, ugh, still not a great situation for going back. And so what does what does the future look like for you guys at this point? I know you're just kind of waiting and trying to figure things out as you go to some degree, but... Yes. Yeah. So our future is uncertain, um, to say the least. Uh, We would love to go back to our home. Obviously, we want to see his parents. We want to see our puppy. We want to go to our home. We want to take Amelia to kind of her homeland. Um, But it's just too dangerous right now. There's still an ongoing war. There are still um, fights happening, bombs being dropped. And so it's very dangerous. So it's not a place we want to take a baby by any means. Um, So we are here for now. Andre, of course, as the amazing man he is, is not able to sit still, but has just jumped right in to doing ministry here, helping refugees, going to the border, taking people. And just today, like, just, I don't know, just what a sweet guy. You know, you don't know how crisis might affect your marriage or might affect you as individuals. But I feel like it's just brought out even even more in him that I love. Um, so even today, he was like, I, I'm going to go. I need to go take some, go pick up some milk at the store to bring to this refugee family that has a baby and they need some milk for their baby. And I'm thinking, wow. like, my husband's so sweet. Um, so yes, he's he jumped is. into kind of whatever ministry and service he can do here in Budapest. Um, but yeah, for the time being, we're here. We might go back to the States and be able to visit family. Uh, But yeah, we're here trying to be faithful to serve the Lord in any way we can, praying daily that God will um, stop the evil that is happening Mm. in Ukraine and allow the good and the right to win so we can go back and our people can have some freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that we actually write about, so in our book, Not Part of the Plan, which you know mm-hmm. about, and your whole life, mm-hmm. we could have, we can just do part two and it can just be about right. your life. Not part of the plan, trusting God, but the twists and yeah. turns of your story. But it's interesting because in our book, we actually talk about your story. We talk about mm-hmm. the different paths that God has for each of us and how often the path as it unfolds of our life is so different mm-hmm. than what we imagined. Mm-hmm. And that was just when we were writing about how you met this Ukrainian and married him yeah. and moved overseas. And at the, that point, that was the twist and right. turn that nobody really saw coming. And now there's like an entire new layer, new element on top of that, that's still being, um, you know, it's a journey that you're still on. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how has your trust in God uh, been an anchor for you throughout this Mm -hmm. whole process? Yeah, for sure. I can't imagine going through this without having faith in the Lord. You know, I just can't even imagine that because we know that no matter what happens, Mm -hmm. God is with us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. And even, even if the worst happened, you know, say we were tortured or we were killed or something Mm -hmm. terrible happened, our ultimate hope is not in our country, our home, our whatever. Our ultimate hope is in Christ. And we know that no matter what happens, even if we were to die, that we would be with him. And obviously Um, we're not, we're not hoping to be tortured or to die, but we know that ultimately he is in control and that in the end evil is not going to mm-hmm. evil is not going to win and that we know the we know the end of the story that Christ is victorious and it may seem hopeless now and it may seem like wow there's so much evil that is happening mm-hmm. but we know that the ultimate victory is with the lord if you have your hope and your trust in him and so just knowing that 
seeing the way that God worked so many small and big miracles through this whole journey, Mm -hmm. it just brought so much peace to our heart. Like, wow, we are not alone in this, even as we're escaping and it's scary and we feel maybe alone on the road and it's dark. We know that God is, he's still with us and he has not abandoned us. He hasn't forgotten us. Um, And so it does give me hope for the future, knowing that he's been with us this far and he's not going to leave us anytime soon. Wow. Such a powerful testimony. It's easy to talk the talk, but when Mm -hmm. when our life brings us trials that are really hard and there is so much uncertainty, everything we thought we had control of, we now know clearly. We don't. We never had control, but it becomes very obvious, especially something like your situation. And I've heard from so many people through Girl Defined, just friends, direct friends in my community and my church just saying, wow, what a testimony watching your and Andre's story as you guys Mm -hmm. were very open about the trials and the struggles. I know you were sharing Mm -hmm. some video updates kind of throughout the process. Mm -hmm. And I've just heard from so many people and I'm sure there are so many more that I haven't heard from. And this even includes unbelievers. So people who Mm -hmm. do not profess faith in Christ, but who have looked on um, as they've heard about your story through different news outlets. Mm -hmm. I know you guys were kind of hot in the news there for a little bit because it's just such Mm -hmm. a crazy story. This Mm -hmm. Texas girl marries Ukrainian, you know, nine months pregnant, trying to flee, um, and just the testimony for the gospel, which Mm -hmm. is just so awesome to see how many even unbelievers were able to look on at Mm -hmm. your story, see your faith, see your hope in God in the midst of so much chaos, a situation that would, you know, cause anyone to lose their mind in the Mm -hmm. sense of just Mm -hmm. like filled with anxiety, filled with fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were for sure scary times, but your yeah. your ultimate faith and hope is in the Lord. And so therefore mm-hmm. it's like death, which is the worst thing right. that could happen, you know, in a mm-hmm. sense, like that wasn't your greatest fear. Like you mm-hmm. guys were just such great testimonies of trusting the Lord with whatever outcome. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful and my faith has mm-hmm. been encouraged by your story. And I know anyone listening right now who maybe didn't know a lot of your story mm-hmm. um, is really encouraged. So in closing, I will let you go. Get to your sweet baby who I know wants you. <laughs> How can people pray for you guys? Mm, such a great question. Um, yeah. So like I said, our future is uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, we are strangers in a strange land. Yeah. We are not in our home. We would love to be in our home. We would love to continue ministering to our Ukrainian people in Ukraine. Um, so just wisdom, I think is the biggest thing. Wisdom to know what to do as things unfold. We really want to be wise. We don't want to just rush into something or rush back because we just want to be home, but we really want to make the wisest choice. And so whether that's staying here, whether God wants us to go somewhere else um, mm-hmm. we're not sure. So just to, just to have wisdom as, as things unfold to know what's the best decision to make for our family. Yeah. And then I think for on more of a personal note for me, just the adjustment to being a new mom. It's been, it's been tough as anyone knows, lots of sleepless nights and the adjustment to having a small yes. human on you 24 seven and how that changes your relationship with your husband and just who you are as a person, it feels like you're kind of evolving and changing. So um, just that I would be faithful in this season, knowing it's just a season and not anxious for something else or trying to kind of escape it, but just really embrace this season for what it is and enjoy every small moment, every sleepless night. Um, Yeah. And just that my heart would be in the right place during this new season of motherhood. That's so good. Where can people connect with you? If they want to follow along from now on, where can they find you on Instagram? 
Yeah. So my Instagram is Mrs. Alyssa Petrenko. And that's spelling is weird. So M-R-S-E-L-L-I-S-S-A. P-E-T-R-E-N-K-O. <laughs> nice. And we'll include this in the show notes in the in the description so people can find it. Um, wow. This has been so encouraging. Thank you for taking time to share with all of us. I loved getting to hear your story from kind of beginning to end. I know there were so many more details you weren't able to share. So many <laughs> questions I wanted to ask, but I was like, for the sake of time, I'm going to have to yes. skip it. Um, but that was so good. So encouraging. So hope-filled. Um, just finding our hope and trust in the Lord. And if you're listening to Alyssa's story right now and you are going through something hard in your life, something unexpected, a twist and turn, maybe not fleeing a country for your life, but something hard, you know, a breakup or a chronic illness that you're struggling with, Mm -hmm. not getting into the college you wanted, um, you know, struggles in your marriage, or maybe you're longing for marriage and you're single or infertility. So many things can happen in life that don't go according to our plan. I really want to encourage you to consider grabbing a copy of Not Part of the Plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story, because this book is one written out of my own journey of infertility for 10 years, learning to trust God, Bethany's journey of singleness. Like I said, Alyssa's story, um, the beginning of her story we share about Mm -hmm. in this book as well. And I know it will be such a huge encouragement for you as you are longing to have a deeper trust in the Lord. You hear Alyssa's story and think, I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of trust. Um, God wants you to have that as well. And as we learn from his word, um, which we unpack so much scripture in this book, not part of the plan. I know it will bring so much hope and encouragement to you in your journey. And you can find it at girldefined.com slash trust. Um, Alyssa, thank you so much. We'll definitely have to do a part two as your story continues to unfold. And I know you might be making a trip to the States with your little sweet baby here soon. I hope so. I'm dying to meet her in person. But I love you so much. Thanks for coming on. Thank y'all for having me. It was so special to share. I think this was the first time I've actually really shared my story. So it was so I know. special. Thank y'all for what? having me. I feel so honored. What do they call that when you get like an exclusive interview? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> only I feel for like my family. <laughs> only for your sister. Yes. Okay. We'll love you so much. And we are all praying for you guys. Thanks. Bye. Wow. I don't know about you, but I was so encouraged hearing Alyssa's testimony and her journey of trusting God through so many ups and downs. If you were encouraged by this and you appreciate the content that we're creating here at Girl Define, would you please, wherever you're watching or listening, give us a five-star review or give us a thumbs up if you're able to do that. It might seem like a small effort on your part, but seriously, it is a big deal. It helps this episode get more exposure the more people interact with it, and it helps other women find this channel and come across biblical truth where we are um, teaching about God's word and the amazing, awesome God that we serve. So please help us spread the word, share this with your friends. Um, And also, if you have not heard about our book, Not Part of the Plan, or have not read it, if you are going through something hard in your own life, something unexpected, grab a copy. You will be so encouraged by every chapter in that book. Maybe you have a friend going through something hard, do it together. Um, And if you're like, well, my life's pretty good right now, there's probably something coming down the road. I hate to say it. It's just how life works. So grab a copy to be prepared for when that twist or turn comes so you can be anchored in the truth of God's word. I love you, sisterhood. Thanks so much for sticking with me till the end. And I can't wait to see you next time.